A dawn intervention. The boy spent a restless night, his dreams full of fear and flight, darkness and destruction. One moment he was enjoying a peaceful picnic with his family. The next they were all being swallowed up in an earthquake, a great forest falling in on top of them. He woke with a start and realized the thunder and rumble he had heard in his dream was a garbage truck coming down the street. Running to the window, he looked down at the scene of devastation below. The men were about their business with all haste, and none thought, and none felt, and none reasoned, and none listened. But the little boy looked at his tree propped up against the beech tree, saw the terrible jaws devouring every other tree on the street, and felt panic in his heart. Running downstairs, he reached the cold grey pavement just as the great white monster was drawing alongside his tree, saw the men that swarmed from it, and the hungry jaws churning the mangled limbs of other trees as the sap bled from their barks. But even worse was the sound of those terrible jaws devouring, chewing, grinding, roaring, as if to cry, More! 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 Of course the boy knew he was watching a garbage truck going about its customary business. It was a familiar sight on this street. But as he witnessed its carnage, destruction and indifference to life, his heart became that of a terrified tree, and he raced towards the scene as fast as his legs could carry him, his bare feet slapping the cold grey ground. Now one of the men seized on the tree that lay nearby our little boy's tree. Dear brother, said our weeping sister, they have come to take me away now. We go to a second death. <laughs> but my heart is revived by your story. I will follow thee and meet thee in a better place. Her tree replied, By the river of life, said his sister, By the river of life, answered our tree, choked with tears that dropped onto the cold grey ground as honey on ice. Our tree saw and shuddered in horror as one of that heartless crew seized his sister and hauled her towards the mechanical monster. And as he dragged his quarry along, a second man came the other way. Speed surged into the boy's legs as he raced towards our tree, his heart pounding. The man reached, the boy ran. The man grasped, the boy ran. The man lifted the tree, the boy arrived. No, please don't kill him. What's your problem? said the man. The boy looked up in fear. He barely reached the man's waist. What's your problem? The man barked again. Please, sir, don't put the tree in the garbage truck. Now look, I got a job to do. This tree goes in the back just like the rest of them. The scene was beginning to attract the attention of the other men, who paused from their work to walk over. What's up? said one. This kid's telling me not to kill the tree, he shouted back. The men burst into laughter. Our tree shuddered, remembering the horrid laugh of that first gang who had torn him from the forest. By now, the monster had ceased to rumble, and the driver stepped out. What's going on? This kid's telling me not to kill his tree, said the first man. Again, the others roared with laughter. The one wearing the pyjamas said another, and the crew laughed some more. 
By now the beech tree woke up, for this event was unusual enough even for him to notice. Hey kid, what's up? The little boy's trying to save me, said our tree. I tell you, kid, there's an angel looking out for you. But they took away my sister. I know, kid. She got an angel too, but just in a different way. Now faces were starting to appear through the transparent holes of the adjacent dwellings. One of them was that of the boy's father. What are you doing out there, son? He said. Barefoot and in your pyjamas? You'll catch your death. I'm trying to save the tree, the boy replied. Wait there, said his father and disappeared inside again. Meanwhile, the driver of the white roaring monster was becoming increasingly agitated. We don't got time for this. Put the tree in the back of the truck. Move it. Sorry, kid. I got my job to do, said the one holding our tree, and he started walking away. No, said the little boy, running after and holding his tree with all his might. The man stopped and turned. He was much bigger than the boy and certainly could have overpowered him, but something in his nature made him stop for he had not lost that spark of divine instinct that wants to protect rather than injure someone or something who is vulnerable and defenseless. And perhaps such an instinct guided the other men, who tried to prise the tree out of the boy's hands without harming him. But the boy refused to let go, and his naked feet braced against the cold grey concrete, and his face scalded with tears, and his heart beat fast from running and fear, and his arms clutched his beloved tree for all he was worth. And I think he must have been worth rather a lot, this little boy, for though he held on with the arms of a child, he was compelled by the heart of heaven. And trumpets were now heard in that heaven by those with ears to hear, and the stars above, observing unobserved, sang their triumphant alleluias, and the holy countenance wept with joy, and the angels fashioned a splendid crown of gold and diamonds for the boy to wear, and a sword made of heaven's steel and tempered in the furnaces of hell for the boy to wield when he grew to manhood. And the soul of the ancient forest now swayed in the wind and whispered through its fronds and clapped its hands, and the spirit that led us in sharing this story saw the soul of the boy in his white-hot magnificence, and all rejoiced, hearing the words, this is my son, whom I love. In him I am well pleased. Look, kid, let the tree go, all right? I got a job to do, repeated the man holding our tree. But now came the strong arms to uphold the strong heart. That's enough now, then, said the boy's father, who by now had reached the scene. If he wants the tree, let him have it. The men fell to silence. There were several of them, and only one of him. But there was something in the fierceness of his look that spoke of courage and dauntless determination, and he commanded respect in the hearts of that crew. After all, for them, this was just a delay in their schedule, an inconvenience. But to the boy and his father, this was a claim to something so precious that not even the wealth of all the world could purchase it. I'll be taking that said the boy's father, and hoisted our tree back onto his shoulder for the third time. Hey, kid, the weather-beaten beech tree called out, 
Like I said, you got the anointing or something.